This is Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, the podcast that talks direct with retailers about all things loss prevention, with your host, Nicole Smith. Did you know that the Profit Protection Future Forum is the only not-for-profit industry body promoting the interests of retail loss prevention professionals in Australia and New Zealand? Hi there and welcome to the show. On today's episode, I'm talking to some leaders of the retail loss prevention industry. We've got Nick Smith from Chemist Warehouse, Neil Redfern from City FM, and Mark Gentle from Checkpoint Systems, all of whom sit on the Profit Protection Future Forum Steering Committee, or PPFF as we like to call it. Unfortunately, not all of our committee members can be here today, so I do want to acknowledge Mark Boyd from Next Athleisure, and also Matthew Dick from David Jones, who are also on the Steering Committee. Thanks, guys, for joining me today. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Great to be here. It's a pretty exciting day here today. This is our first episode of the PPFF podcast. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk about the PPFF and how it benefits the industry. So, Mark, the PPFF started in 2015. How did it all come about? It it commenced in 2015, but it it came from two other organisations previously. So... Back in 1999, retailers in Australia came together with vendors to work on what was called the Australian Source Tagging Alliance. And that was all focused on having product come into Australia with some level of protection. But it was very, very much geared at product and it wasn't so much geared at industry. From there, it um, evolved into what we call ECRA. And that was another body that had um, taken loss prevention techniques to a different level and put white papers out into industry and really focused at helping the industry from a collaboration perspective across retailers, across the different verticals within, within the Australian marketplace. But there was also a gap because all of these forums were focused on certain verticals and there wasn't one forum that enabled retailers to come together from a collaborative standpoint um, that was free within the marketplace. There was no no fees attached, so anybody could join. Um, so there was a there was definitely a gap and then how do you how do you answer that gap and how do you put something together that people want to join and people want to be part of but actually adds value to their business as well because everybody's busy. Everybody is time scarce, and that's how the the Profit Protection Forum really started to kick off. It was retailers coming together and saying, we have a problem. How can we get shared information, shared knowledge on what's affecting us in in the marketplace today? So whether that's something from losses, whether that's something from online, whether that's training, it's a forum to bring best practice together. And also balance with academia as well. So from humble beginnings back in 2015, the Profit Protection Future Forum has now really, without being biased, is probably the premium event in Australia now. People can attend from retail without having to pay money. Um, They have the ability to influence the subject matter. It's a great training program for new people coming into the industry to network with people who have got many, many years of experience across lots of different verticals, across lots of different challenges. So the whole, the whole 
event and the the organisation, it's all aimed at what do we need to do to grow the industry and the collaboration. Mark, is there any alignment still with ECR in Europe for the PPFF? Yes, there is. There is with Europe. The um, the, the committee members regularly uh, sit on telephone conferences and webinars with ECR in Europe. They share practices from white papers, from information, and we've also had some of the some of the committee members and um, some of the retailers actually go across to Europe and attend some of their events and present on what we're doing here in Australia and New Zealand. Neil, in your opinion, why do you think there's a need to have a Profit Protection Future Forum? I think if you look at the amount of losses um, retailers uh, across Australia lose, I think we're talking $7.5 billion in excess uh, of, of loss associated with um, various forms of criminality that impacts the retail industry. I think it's I think the onus is on the retail industry um, to best prepare itself in relation to how it defends itself against that uh, risk that exists in the marketplace. So I think that if you look at the Profit Protection Future Forum and what it represents, it's it's actually the industry um, protecting its own industry and people within that industry who are passionate about um, addressing this issue coming together and, and sharing um, relevant information on a topic that is non-competitive um, to all of us. So I think that's a, a very critical element. Um, I think if you look at the people and particularly the people in the committee, uh, the people that are passionate about being part of the Future Forum, um, they're, they're not there um, for any other reason other than protecting the industry and making it um, more sustainable for everybody. Nick, you must get a lot of offers to attend lots of different forums and exhibitions throughout the year. Absolutely. What, um, how did you find out about the PPFF and, and what, why was it of interest to you? I think back in 2014, I think I went to the last ECRA um, presentation that they did and it was Professor Adrian Beck that came out. It was a small fee, you went along and, and I got a huge amount of value out of that day. And so from then on, I've been looking for what else is out there for the marketplace for loss prevention professionals from retail, and there was nothing. There was the $3,000 conference series, there's the um, the calls that you get on a ad nauseum basis that, oh, come speak at this or come do this. Um, it's obviously all a, a paid for or a money-making exercise. So when the Profit Protection Future Forum came out, uh, for me, that I, I think I stumbled across it to say, wow, this is actually something that I want to go to. And I, I went to the first meeting and, and Neil was actually hosting it. Um, and I, I went along there and I, and I was amazed how good this was. It was free. It was network professionals. There wasn't um, a real commitment from other suppliers that you had to buy their product to actually go to this thing. It was actually really good, great information. And it was actually about dealing with the network that you're actually being with day in, day out. So for me, that was, wow, this is actually, this is fantastic. From a selfish point of view, it was actually about how can I build my skills to be a better operator as I move forward. So that was probably the selfish part of moving into it. And then obviously from then on in, it's about, you know, now how can I share some of that experience that I've got? I think it's quite unique that um, given that with this, from the supplier's point of view, there's not anyone there that's shoving their product down the retailer's throat. So it really is a forum that the guys can sit there and talk openly and honestly without worrying if someone's going to call them the next day and, and sell them, try and sell them a product or a service. To me, that's key that you can't be foresold. Um, as a professional, you, you want to obviously associate yourself with the great suppliers out there, and those great suppliers 
generally don't need to sell themselves, their products sell themselves. So the way that the PPFF uh, presents their suppliers, it's non-confrontational, non-sales focused. It's look, here's a product and we'll, we present on the product and you sit there and go, wow, that's a great product, I'm going to engage with that supplier. Whereas you know, other conferences that you've been to, you, you get your barcode scanned, things like that, you get inundated with spam for the next you know, however many years. So for me, this is a unique proposition with the PPFF that you know, I can come along, I can actually engage with other suppliers that I may not have engaged with before and engage with my network contacts. I also think that we've had many um, white papers or case studies and that's often the feedback we get is, you know, we want, we want to talk to retailers about what they've learned. So rather than have the supplier get up and talk about their product or their service, the retailer talks about their experience and what they have done to fix a solution. To me, there's nothing more powerful than a retailer, especially if it's someone that I know, um, a retailer with their case study, something that they've actually achieved through collaboration. There's nothing more powerful than that from a retail point of view going, I can believe that 100% and... You know, I want to get a part of it. Um, to me, that is the best way of, of hearing about uh, different things that are going on in the industry. So, Nick, why did you want to join the steering committee then? Well, from that first um, committee meeting, or the, not the committee meeting, sorry, the, the, the first uh, PPFF meeting that we went to that, uh, that Neil hosted, um, for me it was, wow, this is actually a great group. There's some great people within the room. Um, to me, it's a, a great idea. So part of it was selfish. Part of it is that I want to expand my learning uh, even more to become a better loss prevention professional. And then the unselfish part of it is to actually give back to the, the industry that's looked after me over the years. Um, from here, I've, I've made great contacts with, with different people within the network and then obviously different suppliers that we, that we now have a relationship with that I wouldn't have had previous to the PPFF. So for me, it was, you know, I want to be part of this group. It was, you know, to, to be able to influence what gets presented, um, to be able to obviously present as well. Um, to me, that's, that, that's something that's really key that I wanted to do. Neil, why do you think this type of forum hasn't existed in the past? I, I think that if we're honest, it, it's an investment. Um, it's investment in people's time. Um, if you look at the work that the committee does, and, and obviously um, the people um, you know, within this room, the amount of time that um, gets put into it, it is, it is something that um, requires effort and obviously investment to, to make sure um, can be facilitated effectively. So I think that um, sustainability of this type of forum, if it's not structured well, can be very difficult to actually maintain. And historically, as, as Mark indicated, the, the forums tended to be owned by um, professional associations or, or other um, established committees that obviously had some financial power in the background. And as Nick indicated, a lot of the other forums that are, exist out there are very monetary in relation to supplier funded um, um, to facilitate those forums. Um, so I think that that, that is a, a challenge uh, for this type of forum to exist, but I think that the way that we've purposely structured this forum um, has been key to success in its sustainability because we are using a, a good pool of industry professionals who are very dedicated. Um, we've been extremely lucky, um, and I can talk personally on this, about um, my particular employer, so uh, like City Holdings and 
the likes of Maya and the likes of Optus um, have all really supported um, my involvement in this process and obviously allowed time for me to um, contribute to the industry in this fashion. So I think that's a really important part um, that um, businesses out there obviously see the benefit of this process. They see that we're trying to address non-competitive risk that affects us all and allowing um, their industry professionals um, the right amount of time to actually contribute to the overall industry for the best of themselves and everybody else. So how is the, the meeting structured? What's the format of a, a typical PPFF meeting? Yeah, so um, effectively, if we look at the format, we generally run an afternoon session and usually goes for about four to five hours, uh, followed by some uh, general networking. But effectively, what we're looking at when we go out um, and plan and structure a PPF meeting is um, as Mark indicated, um, if we're coming off the back of a previous meeting, we're taking uh, the feedback on board of what the retailers actually want to um, learn about or understand or see as an emerging risk within their, within their retail vertical. And we're actually actively going out and seeking presenters that specialise in that topic that can bring that information into the forum. Um, we, we tend to given the fact that we're talking a lot about risk that exists within the retail environment and a good proportion of that um, relates to criminality uh, that exists, we make sure that we, we generally have a, a representation of industry professionals, uh, generally law enforcement and also, as Mark mentioned, academia. And we think that that balance um, is a very powerful balance of credibility uh, in relation to the forums that we run and that we make sure that we have a good representation of um, different perspectives coming into the room to address each of those risks or problems that we're actually talking about. So each presentation is roughly half an hour long? Generally, yeah. Each, each, each runs for about 25 to 30 minutes, correct? And so what are the common topics that, uh, that we see from the survey that goes out? There, are there some common topics that come up every time? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually quite diverse. Um, and one of the benefits that we've been able to bring to the table with the Profit Protection Future Forum is that we're now looking at much broader risk as it exists within the retail environment. As Mark mentioned um, in the earlier part of the podcast, you know, a lot of the groups before were about things like source tagging, which was very much about electronic merchandise protection. Um, but as we've, we've developed um, the Profit Protection Future Forum, we are looking at a whole host of risk topics that come into the retail um, forum or network and we're actually looking at uh, anything from whether it be criminality, so we're talking about things like generalised property theft, we're talking about fraud offences that impact retail, we're talking about online, we're talking about the impact of new technologies coming into retail such as self-service um, or click and collect um, uh, sales um, channels or the online environments, etc. So there, there is a lot of different topics out there that exist today. Um, that we're starting to explore and we're, we're even um, bringing presenters in uh, looking at other forms of environmental risk that is important to retailers at, at the moment. For example, violence in the workplace. Uh, so we've actually got industry professionals uh, coming in to help retailers with those sorts of topics as well. 
From a retailer's point of view, I also see that their role is changing significantly over the last few years, that we're a more risk-based uh, loss prevention rather than just theft and fraud-based loss prevention. Um, we've, we've got a lot of online fraud, we've got a lot of um, other types of risk, fraud, loss that we have to a business that we're now accountable for, which means that we need to open up these to uh, these types of forums to get that information because in the past we may not have had that experience or or, uh, or skill. Yeah, correct. And and a good example that I often talk to and I've I've actually um, provided some context around this before is that as we continue to grow um, as retailers and and society, the whole discussion of cyber awareness and, and cyber security um, continues to come into the retail space. You know, uh, historically in the forum we've had. Um, one forum dedicated purely to cyber. Um, so that was a good example of um, the retail loss prevention experts really coming to terms and understanding with that if we want to do a better job in relation to how we protect our businesses, we need to be more closely aligned with the IT departments, cyber security areas as well, in order to holistically protect risk. I think um, the, the other side with cyber, I, I don't think... Um people were aware of the amount of attacks coming into Australia from overseas, whether that's from Eastern Europe or Africa. Some organisations are getting hit hundreds of hits a day with people that are trying to break into their systems. It's, mm. uh, it's an emerging threat and one that I don't think any of us have the right answers for, apart from we've got to continually learn and review and amend our procedures. And a great thing from a retailer point of view, you may be oblivious to that in your in your retail space. However, if you've attended one of these forums and you go, hang on, we've actually now been hit this way, I've now got a contact that I can actually reach out to to try and get that advice, that help. Um, and from a retailer point of view, it's, it's great to have your, your Rolodex full of people that you can contact in times of need. So, Mike, how often are the meetings? Um, we try to run them r- roughly twice a year, um, we try to alternate between, at the moment, between Melbourne and Sydney. Um, the plan is to obviously start to do more engagement in, in New Zealand. Um, so my expectation is that the committee will look to whether we run one event in New Zealand and then Melbourne Sydney, so three events a year. But it really comes back to the quality of the events. Um, so, Neil, this is a pretty significant year for the PPFF. We've decided to start podcasting. Where did that initiative come from? Yeah, so it actually came out of one of our steering committee uh, meetings when we were having some general discussion and throwing some ideas around. Um, I'm actually a very passionate podcast listener, particularly in um, true crime. Uh, love love a good true crime uh, podcast. Uh, so I guess that's what... Um, gave me the idea for the suggestion and how we could use this medium as a vehicle to get to a wider audience uh, and engage um, with with our forum members. But not only that, um, actually open up the vehicle to a lot more people in the retail industry so they can actually um, attend even virtually um, and understand and listen to the topics that we're actually talking about. So that is um, a benefit to us um, and something that we're quite passionate about and want to do for the industry, but it's also about the international engagement that the podcast medium can actually bring um, to the table. So we're we're very excited about it and um, we're looking forward to where podcasting can take the, um, the forum into the future. Fantastic. So, Mark, we've talked about a little bit about where the PPFF started, where it is now. What's happening 
for the PPFF in the future? Oh, the world's our oyster. <laughs> um, I, I guess the if you look at where we are with starting on the podcast journey, the, the aim is to have content coming out across across the globe because it will go obviously via via um, electronic media um, to have relevant subjects every every four weeks um, it's also aimed at ensuring if you can't attend the you have a database of information that you can go back on look up and refresh and the the real excitement part to me on this is that there'll be people speak from Australia, from New Zealand, there'll be people from overseas talking, and the subject matter will be driven from what the retailers want to, to hear. So it's all going to be relevant for, for our local markets. I also I also think the with what the committee have done over the last few years is that the, there is more interest from overseas. Will we go overseas? Who knows? That's for the committee to, to make a make a call on. But People are asking for how do we mirror the model that the guys are doing here. So that on its own is exciting. The other the other piece that um, the committee will do 2019, there's no real database in Australia, New Zealand of when it comes to crime, whether that's traditional theft from bricks and mortar or whether it's um, issues from cyber, we don't have any real database that explains where the problems are, whether it's from a theft side or a demographic side or a profiling of an age side. So one of the things the committee will do with academia this year is is do a survey that is relevant for Australia and New Zealand. And that to me is exciting because we've never seen that. So here we are at the final countdown. The last three questions, guys. You've done a great job so far. So... I'm going to open it up to all of you. If you weren't doing your current jobs, what would you like to do, Nick? I'd probably enjoy Christmas, firstly, because uh, <laughs> in retail you don't ever get to enjoy Christmas. Um, I love dealing with customers. I love dealing with the people. Um, I love problem solving. Um, I don't know what I'd do outside of retail. Um, I, I certainly enjoy the the security, the loss prevention side of things. So I think that would actually probably generate into a, a risk or compliance type of role. Um, but again, I love dealing with that sort of problem solving and looking at numbers, trying to come up with a, um, a solution to an issue. And that's that's my sort of passion and that's why I'm, I've, I've drifted into loss prevention. Um, but again, having Christmas would be great. <laughs> Neil, what about you? What would you do if you weren't doing what you do? Well, probably... The most sensible answer is law enforcement, because um, obviously I have a, a passion for that industry as well uh, in relation to uh, my career. But uh, from a dream point of view, yeah. completely outside of the box, yeah, yeah, I'd love to be a commercial captain of a uh, cruise ship, really, or a captain of a commercial airline. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. I think I've missed the boat just quietly, um, just from an age point of view. Um, not too many captains starting out at my age, but um, yeah, if you had time all over again and you wanted to achieve something, I reckon that'd be a, a pretty cool career. Mark, what about you? Well, I don't think I can beat any of those answers, can I? So, <laughs> I'm not sure where I'll start, but maybe I'll see if I can get a job at my local Bunnings. I do spend a lot of time there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nick, if you could change anything in the industry, what would it be? Oh, it'd have to be collaboration. It'd have to be sharing of ideas, you know, coming together. It's something that we haven't done traditionally because people are scared about giving their secrets away. Um, they're worried about, you know, if I give you this, you'll do it in your business and my, my advantage is over. Um, again, a lot of the stuff that we do actually isn't uh, competitive risk. It's, it's actually more about collaborating together to try and beat the, the beast, which is people doing the wrong thing against our business. So, you know, people sharing collaboration would be my, my absolute. Neil? Yeah, I think um, what Nick says, I, I would just mirror that. Um, I think it is the most important point that Nick raises. And as I mentioned before, you know, there's there's a $7.5 billion opportunity sitting on the table. And if you look at retail, not only in Australia, all around the world, um, I think a lot of them would do very well to have that money back in the pocket so they could actually invest into their business. Um, so even if um, what we're doing here goes um, a little bit towards that, I think it's a very a very beneficial process that we can do for the industry. And hopefully um, the people that are, are starting in this career and coming up, um, up the chain below us um, will continue this on uh, into the future and it will be something that exists for a very long time. Mark? Um, one of the things that um, I'm, I'm very keen to, to do with the, with the committee is, is the awareness outside of retail of this problem. And whether that's from local or national government is really risk, uh, raise the profile of what's occurring in our, in our stores or online within the Australian marketplace. So Nick, what's your golden piece of advice for anyone who's wanting to get into loss prevention? Speak to someone in that's been in the industry for a while. Get their stories. If you like their stories, get into it. Um, it's definitely once you get it, you get that passion for it. Uh, so you really need to have that passion to to get involved. But once you start hearing uh, some of the old war stories or some of the, the exciting things that, that can happen within our industry, um, it's a pretty exciting industry to actually be in. Um, so yeah, my advice to someone young and getting into it would be yeah, speak to some different people uh, that have been around the traps for a while. And you know, again, if the the stories they're telling is something that's exciting, absolutely, it's all all ready to go for you. And obviously, come to the PPFF meetings. And come to the PPFF <laughs> meetings, and that's where you'll hear all the good stories. So. Neil, yeah, I think it's. Um yeah, you know, and I've often told this story, but I think it's really relevant um, for anyone starting the industry. Back in the late 80s, um, and I'll just talk about my Grace Brothers for a minute, and I'll talk about just one store um, in Sydney City Store. Back in those late 80s, um, early 90s, there was something like 40 loss prevention officers on that roster for one store. So if you that's a <laughs> look lot. that... That's a big team, all right? And the reality of that big team was a lot of skilled people in one spot who were all um, learning off each other. Um, they had the support of assistant loss prevention managers, loss prevention managers, regional managers, national managers, etc. Now, um, that over time has obviously diminished um, from a cost perspective. Um, however, the need of, of those skills and what those people's skills were and what they represent to the business is very important. But unfortunately, it's not a reality of retail today. So if our, our, our new people of tomorrow coming up the ladder 
have have any hope of um, maintaining that skill and learning these traditional loss prevention skills, they've actually got to interact with the industry. Because in many cases, um, a lot of the national managers out there today, um, or investigators or loss prevention managers, um, are broadly by themselves, um, or have a very small team um, of people around them. So if the industry wants to get better at what it does and keep the skill set, it has to interact with each other, it has to learn off each other. Um, and, and, and that is a, another thing that the forum actually brings to the table. It, it's, it's critically important. The final thing I'll say about coming into loss prevention, do not rush your career. Um, it, it's taken me 25 years to get from the person on the front door of the department store checking bags to the national loss prevention manager's role. Um, leading strategy, etc., um, and doing every role in between. Um, but it's very important. Um, what, what I do today um, wouldn't be as easy if I hadn't done all those roles on the way up. Um, so it, I often see loss prevention managers who are out there um, and they're very keen to get that national role. Um, but my advice is just take your time to learn as you go because sometimes if you rise too fast, it can be a negative um, towards your career in the end. And it's a long way down. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Mark? No, I think um, to, to me the, the industry has changed over the last sort of 20 years and I, I think it's going to continually change. And the uh, Nick mentioned about data. I think data is going to play so much um, within the roles as we go as we go forward. So it's one of the, those roles that the skill sets are going to be very broad, but very rewarding as well. And I guess we're lucky on the committee, we've got nearly 200 years of experience. So we've got some great people who can really assist and support. 60% of that's from Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Nick, Neil and Mark for giving me an insight into the PPFF and what it does for the loss prevention industry uh, here in Australia and hopefully overseas in the in the coming years. It's great to see that there's a platform for the retailers to discuss common issues and to strive for world's best practice in loss prevention. I think that's really important. The PPFF meeting is next week on Thursday the 23rd of May at the Optus campus in Macquarie Park, Sydney. The event kicks off at one o'clock and concludes at 5.30 and will be followed by networking drinks and nibbles. There's a link on the website to get last minute seats and we hope to see you there. You can subscribe to this weekly podcast via iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify and there's a link to download episodes and show notes on the PPFF website. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the Profit Protection Future Forum. It is written and produced by Juliet Woodward and myself, Nicole Smith, and is kindly hosted by Wooshka. In the next episode of Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, I'll be talking to Wendy Marshall, a doyen of the Australian retail industry, about the rise and fall of loss prevention, and we'll discuss if it can get back to where it used to be. I hope you'll join me next week so we can keep talking all things profit protection. 
Thanks for listening to Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to find out more about the Profit Protection Future Forum, head to ProfitProtection.co or find us on LinkedIn. Drop us a message on info at ProfitProtection.co with feedback on our show.